You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on, lines the deep left field, and is gone! It went! Deep right! Batista's gonna win the night! Start the fireworks show! This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 132. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, Jose Ramirez is coming back already from his broken handmate bone. Jason Kipnis has a broken handmate bone, and he'll be likely done for the season, maybe for his career in Cleveland. Talk about that. Then we'll discuss our thoughts on the 2019 season to this point. Um, there's a good reason for doing it kind of early, I think. I have kind of a theory about why it's this is like the perfect time to evaluate how you feel about the Indians. And we'll look at some crazy and likely and maybe unlikely wildcard scenarios for the Indians and basically just, just look at what's left in the season. Uh, joining me for all that and more is none other Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? I'm very well, Matthew. Thank you for having me in this rare occasion. <laughs> we barely ever do it. What if it's a podcast? How do we That's, I don't know how this thing works? It's um it's old German for idiots <laughs> the German talking word in for a talking. room. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, interesting. I heard you got some baseball cards, though, Mayor. I think this whole episode oh, needs to be you well, just shuffling through. Well, let's go through, through these. Yes. Well, I got a box of nineteen eighty nine uh baseball cards these are fleer which is i think the third rate level of baseball cards after tops and what's the <laughs> other one uh not fleer these are basically. great because i have yet to come across any indians getting going through these packages but knowing that i will i know also that those are some bad players although i might gotta get like a joey bell card in here maybe <laughs> sweet wait That's so what year are these from because for Not context, t- you got like a box of these from somebody, right? Yeah, I, I got a, I got what well, may be the entire set or just a random box of 50, 36 packs of cards, which is a lot of cards for those who don't know. Uh, my wife is already mad with the number of cards kind of lying around the apartment because <laughs> it'll be a stack it's over just here. an upsetting number of cards. Yeah, just I'll, I'll just leave them places, you know. So let's see if I were to find an Indians player, who was the best player in the 1988? Because that's what it'd be. Uh, Cleveland Indians. Let's see. Greg Swindell. Uh, Julio Franco was on that team. Joe Carter was on that team. Actually, I got a Joe Carter card. Oh, neat. That's right. This team stank. Terry Francona was on that team, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Yeah, that'd be a fun one to have. There's somebody, I can't remember. I think it's um, Kevin Baseball on Twitter. He always tweets the picture of um, the card of Terry Francona bunting on the Indians every time there's a bunt called. Well, you I, think, know, I can't I mean, remember who it is, but it's very that relevant. It is um, prescient, yeah. I got an old Fred Lynn, like an like a ancient Fred Lynn card, so he's already bad. I got a Tony Gwynn card, which is kind of fun. But it looks <laughs> different. It's, it's like it's fun. a different brand of card that they actually fell into this bag of this box of other cards. It's very strange. Yeah, so I got a. So, Mayor, if, if you got cards of Indians today, we could say that one would probably be Jose Ramirez, right? Damn. I'm assuming. That's a. It's called a segue, Merritt, because this boy is coming back um, today by the time this podcast comes out. The Indians said he's. I, I guess he's. I don't think they know if he's going to start or not, but he's at least going to be available to pinch hit if they need him to against Chicago, which is just crazy. It was less than a month ago. It'll be a month through the day tomorrow that he fractured his handmate bone. And then now he's he's going to be back. It's usually like they they said five to seven weeks. It's typically like six to eight, but it's it's he's just he's already ready. And there was um, Zach Mizell wrote about it today with maybe the greatest headline um, I've seen in a while. He, he called it the Hamate's Tale. What can Jose Ramirez offer during the final week? Which of course is like a play on 
The Handmaid's Tale, I thought was really good. But you get a lot of good stuff in there, as always. It was Terry, you asked Terry Francona about um, the biggest thing, of course, with the injury is the idea that a player rushes back and he's going to hurt himself again. But the thing with the handmate bone is they just take the bone out. So if there was, he he broke it, they take it out, and it's done. And the only real issue is like the wound opening, but they said he's that's fine, it's not going to open. So at this point, it's literally just Ramirez gutting it out and how well he feels he can. And then Mizell's PC also talked about like other players like Matt Olson, Joey Gallo. Uh, I believe Michael Brantley had a broken handmate bone at one point. And it's just, it varies for everybody. Like you can come back and be fine. Or you can come back. Daniel Johnson, another Indians prospect, had it, and it took him like a year to get his power back. So we don't know what we'll get from Jose Ramirez, but hopefully it means less Ryan Flaherty in the lineup, and Jose Ramirez might be back a month after breaking his handmate bone. Yes, it's uh, quite impressive. Because I think uh, Gallo is out for the entire year for the exact same injury, wasn't he? Yeah, but he also said... um, Who's their manager? I can't remember now. But he said that if, if they were in a playoff race, he probably would have been back a couple weeks ago. Okay. It's well, just another thing, like, there's no sense bringing him back, yeah. and if he hurts, just let him sit. Yeah, but it's Jose, so like, weird that uh, sports injury and science and stuff like that, and sports medicine is so weird and gross when you really just think about it. Like whether it's uh, what they do with uh, ACLs or um, Tommy John surgery or this, it's just like, well, it's getting in the way of you performing, so we'll just take it out and or staple a new one in there or something. We'll, you'll be fine in a, in a <laughs> we'll little while. Just take while. a ligament from here, attach it to here. Yeah, be you, yeah, you'll be good, good as gold. Like, this is really gross Frankenstein shit, but at the same time, if it works, you know, like, why do we have this dumb bone? Why did they design baseball bats so as to make it break all the time? Why any of this stuff? I don't think it really matters, though, because I'm just like, right now I'm looking at um the lineup uh, the last time Ramirez was playing, the day he broke his hand. Uh, Lindor, Mercado, Santana, Puig, Ramirez, Kipnis, Reyes, Naquin. Uh, obviously, God, that is Kipnis. such a good lineup. Well, uh, it it's ups and flows, and then Perez at the bottom there. Uh, that's super good. Get out of here with everybody right. healthy. Well, I guess. I mean, Jason <laughs> Kipnis batting right behind Jose Ramirez is depressing to me, but you know, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but you're right. That's a that's a fine lineup. Um, I'm I'm a little frustrated that we weren't seeing Ryan Flaherty and not Yu Chang. I mean, I know it's he. Chang hasn't actually been performing or anything like that, but Ryan Flaherty has a much longer track record of also not performing. So and he's but, also got him on base like twice in 18 at bats or whatever it is. He's, yeah, he's not exactly. Good. No, uh, but again, this is just the, the eternal conversation we have when it circles around Terry Francona and how, how much he loves using young guys. But at least sometimes you get forced to with guys like Mercado. But having Ramirez back is massive, though. I wonder if he's going to start using one of those cool axe bats and, and all of a sudden have even more power because that's something that could happen, I guess. Uh, if you look at his numbers, too, he was truly incredible for the last, you know, in the second half. His walk rate was bizarrely very down. I think we talked about that in the past. But, you know, I mean, he was hitting his like old uh, Jose Ramirez. I don't think that'll continue because, as you said, it took Daniel Johnson, what, a year to get his power back. Um, it took all, you know, I mean, it, 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 it varies. But I guess the dream scenario would be he turns back into 2016 Jose Ramirez and just kind of starts spraying the ball around as like a high contact uh, Michael Brantley Jr. type. And honestly, that was my favorite Ramirez, so I'll take it. Yeah, it's either that or Ryan Flaherty. I mean, that's great. <laughs> like, if he can just make contact. Also that too, yes, that. exactly. Yeah, and I'll I'll definitely want to see like we talked about last week about the the X bat like if he switches to that afterwards I I just want to see what he's going to be using because apparently he's already taken a bat from both sides so the plate and everything and um and like you said he was so good because remember the first half he still looked like last year and then all of a sudden he was back to 
like superstar level for a little while there, and then he hurt his freaking hand, and that was awful to watch. And then now he's back. So, and it's I don't very know. I, I, well. It's, it's it's very disconcerting when you read a thing like you go on Baseball Reference and it says player injury in parentheses wrist. Ramirez has been designated. You know, it's, wrist injuries for any baseball player is the worst. You know, it's I think for hitters, it's right up there with like a shoulder injury for a pitcher. Just because of how debilitating yeah, you can be long term, you know they're incredibly. You know, I mean, you, no, I always think back to Nomar Garcia Parra, who was, uh, you know, on track to be a legendary player, but then he hurt his wrist, came back too quickly, and was never the same player again. Uh, this is not the same injury, obviously. I, think, I, I don't remember what um, Garcia Parra's injury was, but like you said, this is they're just taking this weird vestigial bone out, and he'll, he should be fine as long as it doesn't open up. And if it does, and he just spraying blood well hitting so you know i mean i'm sure he'll be fine <laughs> now with how competitive sports are is there going to be somebody who finds out like the minimum amount of bones and ligaments he can have to still function and not break anything i like, mean someone going to take out their handmate bones whatever mm-hmm. get, get, all just get tommy that... john ahead of time well, and, and, <laughs> i don't and, need you know, both eyes you, you, you the, the, the more we learn about the biomechanics of the human body and and what needs to be done you know what i mean to in order to say get the most velocity get the most power um yes down the line i think we're going to be have some sort of weird genetic freaks that are just going to be absolute monsters and they're going to be basically six bones and a bunch of muscle and sinew just blasting yeah, remember, 105 mile an hour fastballs trevor bauer mentioned that tommy john basically surgery is basically like a ped because yeah i mean i, I agree i mean you're not injecting that. anything yeah. but no. yeah oh yeah of course it definitely is like it was eventually if when people start getting more and more competitive about it. like if you find you can remove something else and you get like something crazy, like so much more power or several miles per hour on a fastball, like people are going to do it. <laughs> like if you have to take your toe off and strap it to your hand or whatever, I don't know how it'll work, but this is a something that improves your people are going to do it. And this is a half remembered thing that I have in my head for some reason. But um, I, I remember reading a couple years ago about uh, Tommy John surgery and about replacing the, tendon that's there with a ligament and the difference between a ligament and a tendon in you know a good it'd be like replacing a rubber band with a piece of like braided steel basically i'm gonna wonder if we're like a i don't know a rating of uh, some sort of um grave robbing is sort of a thing harvesting uh tendons from freshly freshly deceased men and using those as a as tommy john surgery tools because that way you can like you said throw harder throw more often and not have to worry about your elbow exploding. Did you ever see Michael Bay's finest film, The Island? I mean, this is basically The Island. Damn, you're right. I didn't think about that. I own that because in that one, that was yeah. your that was to save your life. But oh, it's such a good movie. It's it's terrible, but I love it. But it, there's even an athlete in that movie. I think was it his heart? I think. But anyway, that was played by um, that huge guy. Yeah, but you could do that. <laughs> Clone the players, and then there's a little island of little Jose Ramirez is running around. Jose loses a handmate bone. If he needs a new one, get it in there. But again, we don't need the handmade bones, right? Exactly. I mean, maybe he needs a whole new, yeah, maybe he needs a new, I don't know, chest or something. Why would he need a chest? Shut up. I don't know. Maybe he wants a third arm. <laughs> it gets in the way of power, the whole chest part, because you can't get rotation. Just get that out of there. Get those rings I mean, out. I'm trying to think of like a worst case situation. I can't imagine the, they're, you know, because here's the thing. They're, they're, they're definitely in the playoff race, right? They're tied with the second wild card as we talk about this. But it's, it would be the most nonsensical maneuver to to risk any kind of long term because he's going to be on the Indians for a while. He's still what signed through what twenty twenty three or something like that. 
that 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 is my only quiet worry, I suppose. That he'd be. Well, uh, I mean, there's nothing to really rush besides like ruining his confidence or something because you can't right, really exactly, be injured. But him, but that, but that was in the that was in the toilet anyway, and he fixed that. So maybe he <laughs> will true, be yeah. great. You know, I, what kind of impact can can a hitter have over the next what week or whatever? Who cares? You know, that, that, that's the thing. Each one of these games, they have a series left against the White Sox and one against the Nationals. Um, they need to win all of them, as far as I'm concerned. I think if they win all of them, they go to the playoffs, right? Yeah, they, oh, yeah, yeah okay. for sure. Because I mean, they're tied. The the Rays would have to lose one, or they play the tiebreaker and beat the Rays. Oh God, um, not again! It, <laughs> it's a very similar situation to like their their trade deadline and getting Josh Tomlin or Josh Donaldson last season. Mm-hmm. Like they just need Jose Ramirez to have one good hit in the right spot. Yeah, like if he does that over whatever Ryan Flaherty could do, then it's worth it to bring him back, considering he can't actually re hurt himself. So, and again, you know, it's. He he has he has plate discipline and he has uh, name recognition and he forces a team to scheme as opposed to who the fuck is Ryan Flaherty? Sorry, Ryan Flaherty. I'm sure you're a great <laughs> Just guy. Pump him fastballs. Who cares? But but this is not me saying this. This is the other team saying this. We don't care about him. Just throw whatever. He's he's bad and he'll do bad. Listen, Ryan Flaherty's mom. That's Merritt Rolfing saying this. This I'm Flaherty, speaking for sure the others, the, the, the <laughs> rude human beings out there who are who are scouting against your son, Mrs. Flaherty. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love Ryan Flaherty. I think he's a Hall of Famer, man. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I saw him play in Baltimore in 2016, probably at some point. And I thought, there's a player. I thought to myself, there he is. <laughs> he does exist. He is a man uh, playing baseball today in whatever day that may have been. <laughs> Well, Jose Ramirez is coming back from his handmade injury, of course. Mm-hmm. It's the, the Indians get these weird wave of injuries. Wasn't it like calves and hamstrings at one point? And now the it's handmade bones. Jason Kipnis broke his. I've hated the calf for the longest time. I hate them on my it's own It's the body. worst muscle. That's just... They're the hard to muscle. exercise. You know, you can't... You can never get any good growth on them unless you start from a young boy. I hate watching... Uh, um, what do you call it? tennis because the calves on like no- Novak Djokovic freak me out because they're the same thickness as his thighs and I hate <laughs> so like much- Mike Avila's basically yeah basically yeah and then I hate watching the Indians because everyone's calves get hurt especially the greatest player who never was Lonnie Chisinau uh I wish he had been good but whose calf whose calves got hurt again I think right with the Pirates it was something yes. but he hasn't yeah. played um, but yeah Jason Kipnis he broke his handmate bone um he's gonna be out I mean, if the Indians make the World Series, maybe he could be like um, Kyle Schwarber a couple years ago and having it bad or something. But it definitely seems like he's done, um, at least for the season. He seems to know that the Indians aren't going to pick up his option, which is is over $10 million. I mean, you're not going to pay that for Jason Kipnis. That they did that contract when he was – they did it off his peak year, which seemed kind of weird. Um, but, the, but they included the option years for that specifically in case he declined. And injuries just forced him to decline so hard, which kind of sucks. It sucks that he's ending like this. It sucks that – injuries derailed him for so long he, he kept having these spurts where it seemed like he got it back um but yeah jason kipnis i mean like he's the he's pretty much the last one the last position player at least i think trying to go quickly through my head i guess carlos santana counts too before like the indians got really good and before all this run of success like he's the last holdover from it he's the one that's seen how bad this team can be and how good they are now and i think we talked about it a while ago that like kipnis is the one because Francisco Lindor is going to be great anywhere, but Kipnis is the one that seems like to me he is—he seems the most Cleveland Indians. It's going to be the weirdest to see him play. I don't know Chicago or wherever the hell he goes. Um, but yeah, so he's—I mean, he's done. He seems like he's really—he seems sad about it. He seems 
accepting of it the Indians aren't, Indians aren't going to pick it up but maybe they can also bring him back it seems like they're weirdly a team that could use him um as like a because i mean nolan jones isn't going to be he's a couple years away i don't know they had other second basemen that are really going to pop up right away and play unless they somehow like rely on mike freeman but um but yeah jason kipnis what are your thoughts on just the fact that he, he might be done in cleveland and the way well, I, what i wrote about this last week i think yeah i definitely did that definitely happened he was as you said the, he was the, he, i think he was the first good one good player of this wave of um that we're on now uh their first winning season non-losing season technically because well i guess they, they, they had a winning record in 2013 uh that was uh, francona's first I, i'm sorry no they went 92 and 70 that year but he was the best player on that team when they didn't make the playoffs even though they won 92 games and uh, that was a team that had, you know, Santana and Swisher and uh, Chisholm Hall was on that team. And that was back when Michael Bourne was supposed to be good. Drew Stubbs was on that team for some reason. Giambi hit a bunch of big uh, home runs. And Justin Masterson was the ace. And and he was the best player on what that weird team. team. You know, looking back at like the... T- <laughs> just the imme- weird ass team. <laughs> just the immediately prior to Francisco Lindor seasons. Really, it's all you have to do. You're like... Mark Reynolds was on that team for a little while. Like he, he, John McDonald is on. Like just going back, you're you shake your head a lot. Uh, starting rotation, Lou Marson. Ma- yeah, Masterson, Jimenez, Casimir, Kluber, and Zach McAllister were the, were the starting five for most of the year. But uh, no, he was you know Kipnis was the first good player um, to come out of the farm system and really start to flourish since. I mean, I guess since they had previously been going and being contenders in the you know in the middle of the previous decade, pretty much, and I think that's the largest reason why he's so beloved, even probably outsized uh, to to a broader sense compared to his actual impact on the team. I suppose. I mean, he had his almost moment when he almost won the World Series. Uh, he had a couple great years there, but. Um, I don't know. Like you said, he's he's a guy who kind of built himself into something more than he was ever supposed to be, and I think I think that's very that's it's endearing for any fan base. And considering he's been the one here the entire time, has um, placed himself in a very you know good place as well as in the hearts of Cleveland fans. And it will be weird and sad to see. I I know it's strange to see. Uh, like Michael Brantley with the Astros, but at least he grew a goatee and looks like an evil version of himself. We've, we've <laughs> he seen does every... a favor. It's not him. Yeah, exactly. We I, we, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's Michael Brantley over down there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kipnis, we've seen every single version of him and we've seen him, we've seen it both on the field and in terms of like haircuts and beards and whatnot. But again, he's been, by my count, eight different players in the nine years he's been with the Indians due to injuries, types of offensive profiles. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, Def- you know the yeah, he was a star. He was an injured star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he's been an all star. He's been a bit player. He's been injured. He's been a what if. He's been a home run guy, a, a leadoff hitter. I mean, he was one of the best defenders for uh, on on the team in twenty sixteen. Like, a very just a very weird career. I mean, there was a month in. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a month in 2015 where he was like the best player in the league. Yeah. No. Yeah. I remember it's May of 2015. He was the best player in baseball. Well, he had those back-to-back years. I think I think it was 2015 and 16 where he just went absolutely nuclear in like May to early June, sort of a thing. 
and it was just what he did. Yeah, it was here. like those like, were his times to. Yeah, 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 he, yeah, and it was awesome. And he still did that. I think uh, you know he's still done that since, just to a much lesser extent. But those were really cool times, you know, like when they were when when they were on that uh, winning streak in 2016, and just I don't know. He he's been such a standard. You know what I mean? And him being gone is going to be a little bit odd. Um, between that article and the one I wrote about endings a couple weeks ago, it's th- this definitely feels like something. Even though he's not, you know, Francona's still there, and this, there's still a line of continuity. But it's interesting that he's a scrappy second baseman who's playing way above his head, just like Francona had in uh, Boston and Dustin Pedroia. I don't. I mean, Kipnis is not a shadow of a player that Pedroia was at his best. Still, he was. No, that's um, a really good comparison, though. I mean, that's they're really similar players. I would think. I mean, just, obviously, just it's it, like a you know, he's a lesser it, version, like you said, but it's the same yeah, idea. Yeah, not a lot of like not a lot of home runs, but he always hit. You know, at his best, he was hitting a decent number of doubles, and like you know, in 2015, he hit 43 doubles and 41 the next the next year with 23 home runs. So he's just a very useful player for a while there. The kind of guy that you need to do things like contend for World Series. Uh, the Indians are. It seems like they're getting better at finding those guys. I think that's what was so valuable and cool about Kipnis is, like between him and Brantley, these guys were never supposed to be what they became. You know, Brantley was a was a throw in, um, in the uh, Matt Laporta, CC Sabathia deal. Uh, Kipnis was drafted after Lonnie Chisenhall, so he was you know, like he was going to be the little buddy to the guy who was going to be anchoring third base for the Indians for the next decade and a half or whatever, but. Instead, you got two guys who turned themselves into superstars for for a brief moment there, at least stars, like legit face of the franchise level, known across the country level stars. And you can discount what they've done, like their off the field stuff, either like their leadership in the clubhouse, and they've done such a good job. Right. I yeah. guess I don't know how much it actually is Lindor, how much they instilled in Lindor, but it seems like he is such a leader now that if this happened a couple years ago, like if everything was delayed a little bit, like if Francisco Lindor came up later or Kidness and Brantley off here. I think to be a big void there, but I mean, Lindor has taken over as far as like leading this team. There was he yelled at Leonis Martin earlier this season, and yeah, got Leonis was it yesterday, the day before, yeah. <laughs> he got into Yasiel Puig um, for just watching a ball instead of running it out. So, I mean, there's no doubt that even if Kip, without Kidness and Brantley in the old guard, they like somebody's going to be there to to keep it in line. And I think you talked about like your your end post that you did. I don't think, like you said in that, it doesn't have to mean that it's the end of a window, but it's definitely the end of an era for Cleveland. It's not the same core anymore. It's not the team that grew. Um, it feels like there must be like a different bond when you're a bad team and you grow into a good one compared to like Oscar Mercado is coming into a pretty damn good team, even though they're injured. Like he's already coming into a well-loaded machine. He didn't have to build everything that's here, like Kipnis and Brantley and all those guys did. So it's it's just kind of weird they're gone. And you mentioned before too about what he and other guys have kind of instilled in guys like Lindor, and it's it's interesting. I, I've thought of this sometimes it, to build a, a real contender over more than just a year or two. You know, is you you do need these kind of, uh, I guess, a, a rolling cast that that kind of can, because the Indians can't keep guys around for a long time due, due to money. You, you need to be able to have old guys instill a sort of culture i guess for lack of a better term in the new guys you know and that's it's something that's hard to do no, or, yeah that's completely fair yeah you, you get you get you get lucky i guess when you get a good rhythm going you know like i'm just looking like i mentioned before how weird those teams were between basically 2008 and 2013 or 14 
Like Shinsu Chu was a great player uh, for the Indians for several years there. Everyone did because he, but he was also the only good player on the team. And then he was gone like because they just dumped everyone so suddenly. Um, in what twenty? And, and you want to know something else? When when you yeah. were naming the old players, it never even occurred to me that you didn't mention Shu. Like, because he, he was one of my okay. favorite players, but I already forgot about him. But yeah, that's the thing. He, well, he wasn't on the team in 2012, 2013. So, so yes, the Indians right. certainly blew it up and, and went and got prospects to a degree, but they also didn't have anyone like, you know, I, I vacillate on my opinion of the role of veteran leadership and things like that. But that is in a, in a way when you don't have maybe the absolute top flight, you know, building a, a machine of death, like the Astros do, um, when you need guys to play over their heads for a while or, or, you know, get the most out of guys who aren't quite the absolute peak physical, but they, they have maybe the bones, like someone like Jose Ramirez, right? Like, I don't, I, I think anyone can agree he wouldn't be who he is today if they didn't have Mike Napoli. Uh, I don't think that Lindor would be the player he is today if they didn't have, um, you know, guys like Brantley and Kipnis and stuff like that. And then having guys like Kipnis and Brantley and Chisnall all come up together and build something together. I don't know. Cause I guess that part kind of flies in the face of all that too. That maybe they got lucky and then they started being able to build a, a rolling thing here to bring new guys in. And now Mercado's in, you know, Mercado's in the fold and um, playing above, I would think where he was expected to be right. Like he, they, they got him and he had oh, yeah. one great year yeah. in the, in the minors, but he's definitely a better player than I think a lot of people expect him to be. And you think back to the Indians just churning through minor league outfielders, trying to find one that worked, uh, that finally happened with Mercado. But I don't know. Um, but I guess I guess it's just the Indians got lucky with someone like Kipnis, turning into something more than he was supposed to be and becoming a leader in that, in that way. And I think he's helped to build some kind of a culture there. Whether how, how well that continues, I don't know. I mean, obviously it requires buy-in from a abject superstar which they did get uh, main, that by needs to maintain and then winning always helps too, which yeah, that helps kind of it. Yeah. As long as you the way, with the way they're constructed sort of... <laughs> with, with the pitching staff and stuff, I don't think that will go any, go away soon, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. He's just been, an, in, you know, you, you get players like that on, on any kind of team who aren't the great ones, but they're important to a, a, an era and they wouldn't be where they get to without them. But, no one knows, you know, like in, in 15 years, no one will know who Jason Kipnis is uh, that was an Indians fan. Like, you know, you could ask someone, hey, remember Jason Kipnis? They're like, who the hell? Like, I'm going through these cards right now. <laughs> I got like, a Jason Kipnis right like, here. Matt, who the hell is Dave? Actually, I know who Dave Burb is. But, like, I have a Chili Davis card here. Damn, I'm getting some good Bernie Williams. Damn it. I'm, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm striking out of here. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, Ron Hassey. I'm sure he was very important to the A's in 1988 in some way. It's probably very gritty and it was very clubhouse guy. I mean, he got 323 at bats and they won, they went to a world series that year. So I'm sure he was important. Dave Valley, you know, I mean, that, that, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know who half these guys are from 1989, but I'm sure at least some of them were a Jason Kipnis level player at some point in their career and meant a lot to some players who helped lift a team to its greatest height down the line. So, uh, so, so next week is is when um, we'll do it too because the baseball will be over obviously by the time we record our next podcast because it ends on Sunday. The, the Indians will wrap up their series against the Nationals, um, and that'll be the time when I mean, if the Indians are eliminated, we'll start looking back at the season, or if they're not, we'll sort of look at the playoffs. But it's generally the time where people will 
like look back on the 2019 season. But I, I think like right now is the time you can get the clearest picture of what you really thought of your season. Cause the Indians are technically still in a hunt, but they're not like on a multi-game winning streak. So you're not super high on them, but they're also not eliminated. So you're not super low on them. Cause one of those things, like if they lose their last three games, like the Cubs are a really good example. Like they've lost four games in a row, but they were still a decent team before that. They were almost, they were had a really good chance of getting the playoffs, but one little thing can ruin it. So I think, cause it, how we judge the season is going to be, especially a season like this, where it's so up and down, we're going to judge it so much by what the end result is. Like if they get in the, the wild card, it's going to look like this, this big triumph of overcoming adversity. If they don't get in the wild card, they just look like they shit the bed and got injured too much and couldn't kind of overcome it. But, but right now with a week to go in the season, it, we're kind of neutral on it. So I think right now is a good time to just kind of look at what the Indians were this season and, and basically have our, our thoughts on it. So, so what they are now, um, as, as we're talking now, there's a couple of games going on, but I don't know if they Im- impact the Indians all that much. Um, they currently sit, they have a 48.2% odds to make the postseason, 0.3% to win the division, and 1.5% to win the World Series. It, it's on pace to be, or it's not on pace, it is the second, seventh consecutive winning season. Um, it could be if they win at least two more games, which, Lord, I hope they do. It's gonna. It could be the second highest win total in the Francona era, if you want to call it that, which is crazy to me. Um, within the, the minor caveat is 18 of those. They're 18 and one against the Tigers. That's roughly 20% of their wins have come against one really bad team. So again, that's another thing that like paints your perception of, of what the Indians are and how this season goes. It's like, there's so many ways this last season is going to determine how we feel about the season so much that I think right now is a really clear time to get, um, just how do you feel about how the season went and what we're looking at going forward? So um, I'm being driven insane by by SB Nation's search ability, um, but I'm just I'm trying. Oh, to it's think awful! Back. Don't even try. It's it's so bad. Like, I'm trying to just Google I, "Let's Go Tribe" and I, the I'm article title. Something that I wrote a while back, and I can't. <laughs> no, you're not going to find it. What is it um, called? It was the the thing I wrote. You know, the last couple of years I've written kind of a welcome back baseball type of an article, and I'm just trying to remember what I wrote vaguely. But basically, everything I wrote, just in terms of my perception of the of the season that i recall it damn it <laughs> <laughs> you just google you don't use sb nation search no it's dumb don't do that you just google let's go tribe uh, in the title that's from 2018 <laughs> but yes i know what you mean that that, that, that is last year's <laughs> i also found did you do one, one this year i don't know yeah i do one every year um but i yeah i, I mean there, there, i remember one of the things I wrote towards the end was just like this you know, it's not going to be easy or fun or cool all the time. We're going to complain and bitch from, you know, in, in like all June about something and be wowed by some rookie at some other point. And all this has happened. And I think it's been a great season, honestly. I've thought about this the last couple of weeks. I've, I've really enjoyed it to a degree. Um, I've really been down on the Indians a lot this year for good reason. They were terrible. They were 29 and 30 at one point. It was just the most depressing thing. Like I was at the game when, Ter- when Corey Kluber got his arm broken. And then the next night, I watched Trevor Bauer get absolutely shelled by the... Maybe it was the night before. Whatever. I don't know. The, the two of them... Yes, it was the night before. Yeah, it got absolutely shelled by the uh, Marlins. So... Um... That was, a, you know, that was probably the nadir of that or the, the, the back-to-back blowouts at the hands of the... Oh, God, uh, I forgot was, about that already. The we, we, right? Yeah, they, they, yeah. They lost twenty six to nothing over two games. <laughs> twenty six. 
Like, that's to maybe the worst team we've ever seen in a to, long time. A team that has also that also lost twenty two to nothing in one game to the Astros. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, and this is also a team that that, that that took series from the Astros and the Yankees and the and the Twins and outplayed a lot of great teams. So, um, I know I know we've talked about it a few times this year too. It's it's been kind of a stealth rebuild, retooling sort of a year. Which has been frustrating to kind of, you know, it feels like you're you're burning a year of Francisco Lindor or whatever. But at the same time, it's just been a fun year, fun year. I think it's not an ideal year, but the last three years haven't really been ideal either. Someone keeps on getting hurt, um, and just poisonously badly. Uh, I don't know. I it's hard it's hard to be upset with how things have gone because of how how, how when you think about it, how many good things have happened. Between them, yeah, it's entertaining. Like, what more do you want? No, I know you exactly. want to win the World Series, but it's entertaining, right? Well, and and, and even just just in a, in a in a just a player by player sense that, yeah, it sucks. Kluber got got her, but like Shane Bieber rules. Um, Mike Clevenger is absolutely incredible. Uh, Framil Reyes is going to be on this team for seven years, and he's awesome. Oscar Mercado is the exactly the thing we've been de- demanding. For the like an above average defensive outfielder who also is slightly above league average offensively, it is not a huge ask. But the Indians finally, <laughs> but it took forever. But it took for goddamn <laughs> ever, and they got it, and that's it. Feels good. So, um, yes, they they beat the you know they beat beat the piss out of the Tigers, but they've done that the last three years. <laughs> they did that to the White Sox and the and the Royals too, and for the first time there has been drama in the second half. And I think that alone is fun. Like this whole next week is going to be going to suck, or it's going to be great. I don't know. Like, I, like the the White Sox are a better team than we, than I think. I think a lot of casual viewers give them credit for. So it's not going to be three easy games, and the the Nationals rule. So it's it's definitely going to be a like that's a that's a very 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 good team. They have two guys who I think are current or future MVP candidates who are both better hitters and. And the departed Bryce Harper. So it's going to be definitely a, a, a messy last six games, but that's fun, man. I mean, this, this is the only reason we, we watch. I don't watch it because I just, I, I want to watch pointless games against the Royals in, in September. It happened this week, this, this September, because they feel pointless because the Royals are trash. That's been great. Yeah, I mean, I if you yeah. watch just to watch your team win the World Series, you're going to have a bad time like every single year. Like you got to you though, because then you get to be an Astros fan, and that's pretty good. <laughs> Unless know, you're man. an Astros fan, then do that. You're fine. You'll be good. I mean, you can you, you can watch to you can watch the game to watch your team actively lose the World Series and be a, a Dodgers fan, I suppose. But, yeah. I really want to see a third year in a row for that. I want to see that. Oh. Goal. As Hell yeah! I, 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 I want this to be the Bills for baseball. Just go to five or six <laughs> World Series and just keep on getting bounced. Oh, that a rule! In several years, they'll draft Josh Allen, who will be thirty-seven years old. I, they'll we'll draft another ja- another guy named Josh <laughs> Allen. A third. The, Josh the only Allen. thought on the season I wanted to get there is I want to know what you think of this. Is that I can't remember if I said it in the comments or a post, but like I think perception-wise, if the Indians were all out terrible. Like the first couple of months that we saw, if that's how they stayed with all these injuries and everything they had, I think they'd be better off in terms of how people view them than they are now. Cause right now it, it looks more like, cause what they are is they're a great team who's had a lot of setbacks and they've, they've maybe overcome it. We'll find out in the next week if they overcome it or if they haven't. 
But like, if they were just terrible all season long, I think a lot more people would be forgiving. Like, yeah, look how injured they were. Of course they're terrible. But they're they're so close there that the perception changes to, well, if they would have done one or two more things, if they would have got another 17th outfielder <laughs> or a 43rd pitcher or whatever they needed, then it would be so much better. They should have just done that. But if they were terrible, then I think a lot more people would have been accepting of it. But I'm I'm glad they're closer than they than they could have been. But it also might end up being a negative for how people see them, which is kind of weird. If, the, the thing you're always going to battle against is people p- putting things into context because it's so hard to do. Um, we no no one ever wants to do it. We want to look at the you know the, for the same reason no one ever reads the article. They only ever read the headline. Uh, no one actually wants the context. They just want something to get angry about. And I mean, there's lots to be angry about with the Indians. They really wanted to be. I mean, they're having a great season though. They they have they have a chance to still win 98 games if they if they run it all the way out, right? Oh, can and you imagine if they do that? Holy right? Cow. Like if they're a 98 win team and also don't and don't win the division, like that would be their <laughs> that, that would be their best record in, since well, actually, when I don't even remember. But, but since it, it, the one the, since 2018 when they were 2017 2017 yeah exactly wins. yeah that would be their yeah that would be their, be, yeah, be, be their second best record in the last <laughs> 94 Jesus is Christ. right now the second best in the Francona era so if, they're, they're gonna if, pass it if they'll only win three more games dude if they ran it all the way out it's the best it's the second best record since 1997 so <laughs> I mean it, yeah. it, it, it it's like be... 2016 where it clearly wasn't the best team but it, mm-hmm. it works yeah and I mean it's just like you know, with the context like that uh Kluber getting hurt and Ramirez being so terrible and them them starting Max Moroff in games that actually mattered and Max Moroff and Eric Stamets in the same lineup. Eric Stamets in, in the, the same. same. Let's take a quick peek at the opening day lineup for your Nope, Cleveland don't Indians. do that. Mm-mm, oh, there nope. he is. <laughs> Leonis Martin and Tyler Naquin batting third. I mean, <laughs> Hanley Ramirez was on this team. You said earlier, that what a weird team that 2013 Indians was. I'll tell you what a <laughs> weird, a weird team was. Team. And I think that's part of why I've been. Like, I it, it's hard to call this season any more than a. Well, I guess a qualified success, considering where they came from, where they are now. It's this. It's great. It it, it proves that they. That this is a well-run organization. I think that they could dig themselves out of what was a god-awful hole and what what could have and should have gutted almost any most teams. You know, like outside of maybe the. Yankees, who again did lose their ace, and also two of their big everybody else <laughs> and everyone else got. It. But I think they're the only ones who might have had worse injury luck than the Indians. Yeah, but they, and, they, and they won a hundred games. They were doing it. Yeah, so uh, Nationals had an issue, similar issue, and and you know that's the thing. The Nationals had very similar issues, and they only have eighty-five wins. Um, they're going to win a wild card, probably, but you know, I don't know. which so is what we can we can end on. This. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say it, it's it's hard to call it anything more than a been a pretty good season i suppose um i it, it's, it's funny to me that that my my lazy like predictions of of how we'd feel and just the ebbs and flows of the season just how stark they were like just how low people were on you know may 6th when they're 18 and 15 and losing one at nine to one to the white Sox, or they lost they're shut out by the you know we're, again you're 44 and 38 you're feeling pretty good about yourself and then you get you're 44 and 35, 36, 37, excuse me. And then you head up into Baltimore and get absolutely annihilated. And you're like, what the hell? And then you run, and then you win six in a row and you cruise in the all-star break feeling, I guess confused would be the right word. 
Yes. <laughs> That's how I thought a lot about it. Cause, yeah, I was confused. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was just um, confused with the sight of happy. Yeah, and then also and, and you know, I mean, it, the, the 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 lack of knowing what's going to happen, I think, was encouraging. Plus, you know, hey, it's nice to have yeah. the twins uh, there to uh, it's uh, finally chasing someone instead of being chased by nothing. So. Yeah, no, I wrote that the, before the season when I thought that the the twins would just be like chasing the Indians. I wrote that I want the twins to be good, and it's still true. I, I wish the Indians caught them longer than an hour, but I'm I'm glad the Indians had something to fight against, even if they didn't quite beat it. It's more fun yeah, than just steamrolling was, everybody. That was one of my favorite series of baseball in the last like several years, honestly. Uh, when, when the Indians end up taxing the one coming out of the All Star break, yeah, well, or when they well, when they actually took the took oh the when they overcame it, yeah. There, yeah. Yeah, like that whole run up to that was just awesome, and I, I know they kind of they got there and then kind of fell back a little bit, but that happened. But still, it doesn't take away the fact that that happened. Like that in yeah. that moment, that was fun. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a great time. And why the fuck else do I watch this stupid game? You know. So, yeah. <laughs> well, the Indians are going to wrap up the season, uh, as you mentioned. They're going to play Chicago for three games, and then they have Washington for three games. Which neither of those is as easy as it sounds. Washington's still in the playoff hunt, and White Sox are not. A complete train wreck. Um, as it stands, the Indians are tied with Tampa Bay for the second wild card spot. I think it's pretty much a done deal at this point. The, the A's are probably going to get the first one. They're two games ahead of the Twins and Indians, and they they play they play the Mariners and the shit. Who is it? Angels. So I mean, Angels. like the, they're going to the, win. the no right. fish Angels. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, and then the, the part that I hate the absolute most: the Rays play the Yankees and Blue Jays. So theirs isn't easy either. So it's not like. One of them's going to cakewalk, but the Indians finished with NL rules, which seems all kinds of shitty to me that the season could come down to the fact that the Indians can't use their full lineup that they built because they're going to be playing in the NL park and Fran Mill Reyes is going to be on the bench instead of a DH. That's, <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, he wasn't the NL, NL, wasn't he? But I don't know if he'll, he'll do that, but, but still, either way, then they don't have another batter is, is they've built up their entire 162 game season is built around having a full lineup, even mm-hmm. though half of it's mm-hmm. injured, but I they're going to end the season that, yeah. playing with these stupid caveman rules of the national league. Um, yeah. Then the other option is also that there could be total anarchy. If the Indians tie, if, if the Rays, Indians and A's somehow all tie, then I believe they play like they have to travel all over the place. Even as it is, if they play the, the A's, they have to go to the West coast for a single game and then come back to play the Yankees or the Astros, whoever's the number one seed. So they're going to be traveling a lot either way, or if everybody ties, they're going to be traveling all over the places. They'll go from Washington to, to Oakland and then to Tampa Bay and then to New York. And then, so it'll be crazy. Um, yeah. So how is, uh, well, here's something I want to think about before even that. So they're going Clevenger, Bieber, Savali against the White Sox, right? Which means then they're going to go, what, Plutko, Plesak, Plesak, Clevenger against the... And then you leave Bieber for the... I guess it lines Bieber up for the All-Star, for, for, for whatever happens next, and then Savale for... I mean, if you really, like, if you don't... If you super want Clevenger into the the uh, the wildcard game, I guess you could probably just put Bieber on short rest, maybe? Well, I, I guess that. the I hope know. would be if you just get it, then you have Bieber going and you can have Clevenger starting the uh right yes too well i think the absolute best is if the the national or if the indians somehow clinch it like if the rays just sink and the indians right the no no that, that 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 is the then idea. they can do whatever yes yeah. exactly but i just which uh, by the way i mentioned this in our slack today i'm really sad we're not going to have a um 
a hangover game this year. Mm-hmm. That's yes. one of my favorite events of the year. Oh, hey, is watching whatever the fuck out they there. put yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, who's starting <laughs> this one? Is it going to be AJ Cole for five innings? Great. No, the, here's a thought experiment though. If they had a, a hangout or a hangout, a hangover game now, would it be better or worse than the opening day lineup? With what they have in the forty-man roster, because I'd assume Bradley Zimmer would be out there. He's better than Leonis Martin. Um, they'd have Ryan Flaherty, who's in there anyway, but he's probably better than Eric Stamets and Max Moroff. I would assume if they had a, a hangover day, it'd be better than the opening day lineup. But I just wish we could see it because I want to see. It. I want to see a bad lineup with a purpose for once. Well, but, a bad yeah, lineup with, or there. a bad lineup even more with no purpose because we just don't care. We made it, and we're just uh, we're just trying to get right. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Did people celebrate locking up the wild card? I don't even know. I didn't look. I don't remember because sure. see Merritt, my team always wins the division, so mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I don't have memories of before 2016. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, your team can't win your division? I can't relate yet. Uh, I don't know how that is, idiots, fools, <laughs> all of you. All I do is hang up flags. Twins fans. Yeah, clowns. Uh, I can't wait. I have to see Zach Plezak. God damn it! All these pitchers. I have to see Plezak. This is not Plutko. Oh, I mean, well. if that bad luck runs out, he's got a lot of it coming. If it all hits him at once. That's oh my be god! But oh god! <laughs> okay. Well, at least he's not going up against a great <laughs> offensive team. Oh shit! <laughs> Just Anthony not- Rendon and Juan Soto. It's fine. Oh, what and Trey Turner? It's fine. Guys. Oh, it's fine. No, it's <laughs> you're going to be there at one of them or more than yeah. One. I'm, I'm going to the. the uh, Saturday game at least. Well, actually, ooh, no, damn, damn! I miss Savale, my favorite pitcher. No, <laughs> do you get Plezak? I mean, I can, I'm going to get either one of Plezak or Plutko. I have to go to a. Oh board. god! I mean, <laughs> I I mean there's to... so many fun pitchers, and you need to get the two most boring ones. <laughs> I have to go to a brunch on it. Well, here's what's going to happen because early in the year I saw Kluber and Bauer, so obviously I'm going to go and see back-to-back shutouts from these guys. <laughs> and it was broken arm. They're going to pitch a ball and break somebody else's arm. Broken arm Kluber and be then uh, and and shelled, shelled Bauer. Bauer. So obviously I'm going to see. Just superstar Plutko and ultra ace Plezak. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. So what do we so, think if... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, if the Indians do make it past the wild card, what are we going to mm-hmm. see? Because um, either Bieber or Clevenger is going to have to do the wild card. So if they get to the ALDS, I mean, it's either Bieber, Clevenger, one, Savali, two, and pray for the best for three. Well, I think the... Oh my God! Can you imagine Aaron Savali facing the Astros? Oh no! He throws so many pitches up in the zone. Oh no! <laughs> Can you imagine anybody but Mike Clevenger facing oh, the Astros? No, it'll be fine. I'm sure. <laughs> no, it's gonna well, go great. Well, and honestly, here, here's why I'm, I'm actually. I mean, it's neat. And the thing we're also not thinking about is is uh, Carlos Carrasco. And this was something I was going to. It was kind of a half a meatball I had. Um, but I'm reminded. Uh oh, what's that sound? Uh, Meatball. I think so it's on, like a teaser now. In his last start, uh, I, I, I closed the thing with the box, but I think it was on Sunday, maybe. I don't know, whatever. The 22nd? Yeah. I was on Sunday. Plutko had. Um, he faced the fewest batters he's ever faced in a, in a game uh, all year 19 batters. That's two times through the lineup and then one. Uh, he was taken out with two guys on base and what, one out. Yeah, one out because uh, Carrasco got him to roll into a double play. Uh, and then they went to Carlos Carrasco for two and two-thirds innings. That's the value that Plutko brings to a game, I think. 
is he can do that. He can basically do what Ryan Merritt did in the... The Indians are somehow, by accident, recreated the situation they were in in 2016, but now they have two ace caliber pitchers instead of just one. Now, is this irrational hope? You goddamn betcha. But Carlos Carrasco is there to be kind of a long man, two-inning kind of a guy, and I wonder how much... I wonder how much uh, Terry Francona is willing to just kind of, you know, empty the clip, if you will. Um, or oh, I think he always yeah. is when it comes to yeah. like, games the, you really have to win. Like Exactly. So and that I, was um, something that I, I wanted to praise Tito for, too. I think I did it on Twitter that he, he pulled Ploco really quick. Like, he didn't make him work right. out of his own mess. There was also, was it Plezak or Savali? Somebody else. Like, they got one hit, they were out. Like, that was not typical what Tito's been doing all season long. But mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he, yeah, he it, pulled him at the first sign of trouble, which is good. And I think that's something that we just, we all just we were all happy that Carrasco is back and healthy and pitching well, without taking into account the the, the, the sheer value that that suddenly brings. It's the exact thing we've been just kind of quietly hoping for for the last couple of years, whether because he was hurt or whatever, whatever coming into the playoffs, him becoming a fireman like that. And I think that's a lot of that, that's very exciting because no longer do starting pitchers even matter because now they have him lurking in the background too. You know what I mean? And he's been a bullpen pitcher in the past, so. This is all a very long way of saying, regardless of what happens um, going down the line, if they do make the playoffs, whether it's a game, what I think, I think almost perversely, it makes more sense to go uh, pseudo bullpen in the in the in a playoff slash wild card game. I like that idea more than anything else. Well, not more than anything else. Ideally, they have. I mean, so you can keep Clevenger and Bieber for the ALDS. You mean? Right. Exactly. But and obviously, That's then you're scary to me. Oh, definitely. And, you know, it's like the um, the A's did, tried to do that exact thing last year, and it went very wrong for them. But it, just because that didn't go right doesn't mean it's not it, it can't work. You know what I mean? And I know that, the, you know, the idea of the opener is, is cool and everything, but Pluko is better than – he. his value comes in being able to give you a little bit of depth. Not a lot, but like, – 15 batters, and then just you, you start figuring out from there. And then you can go Carrasco for two or three innings and whatever. I think that's a neat idea. And I mean, I don't want I don't this know. to come back and, and be uh, be thrown back at me after the, the wild card game. But, I mean, it is the A's. It's not like – I mean, you save – What is that supposed save to guys. mean? <laughs> it's the A's. I mean, are they like – it's not the Astros or the Yankees. It's the A's. Listen, bud, you're a Cleveland Indians <laughs> fan. I don't think you have any legs to stand on right now, all right? I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if you got to choose where to use your best pitches, I think you you maybe take the gamble on the A's. But you can – that you can that get by them with, with, without with, without firing the – yeah, firing the – Yeah, and the I, I love the idea of using Plutko and, and pulling him at the first sign of anything and putting Grasco mm-hmm. in there. No, so I mean, that's the thing. Like it's, you know – one game can can turn on so many little things. That's what that's what happened to them last year in the wild card game was it turned on just little things and whatnot and bad luck basically. Marcus Semi is an eight win player. What the hell happened this year? Is Matt Chapman still good too? Right? And they have yeah, he's Matt killing somewhere. it. He's incredible. Yeah, but still, they're not the Yankees or Astros. No, no. I guess no. the point is that the Yankees and Astros are super good. Is what I'm partially getting at is that the A's are not that good because nobody is like if you've got to also I, I do enjoy the kind of quiet way of us talking about how we're just utterly disregarding the twins making a pass the Yankees as though it's like well we all know oh yeah story. they're not fucking doing that what are you we talking about we, we, we've all heard this tale before don't worry we've seen baseball <laughs> yeah. we know what's gonna happen here Astro yeah yeah you, Minnesota plus New York Yankees equals I don't know 
Three to one, basically. Not great. Uh, yeah, not great. <laughs> not ideal for the, bo- yeah. the boys from Minnesota. Yeah, I don't, do we think the Twins are going to go very far? Because I mean, it's, they're probably going to win the division. It's, it's they're not going to lose every. Yeah, game no. And then I, I, my my assumption is they'll lose to the Yankees. Like I just <laughs> right. Whether it's the first round or the next. Why round. why why wouldn't I think that they're a better team? Like the Yankees <laughs> are just they're everything the Twins are just just home run blasting monsters who also have a pitching staff and don't ever let Less it be forgotten. Steroids. A horrifyingly good bullpen, like still so good. Like Zach Britton is so good, and he's like the third most used pitcher. Like they, they just have so many good pitchers, and it's no, I'm I, I would not be worried if I was. I mean, not 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 worried, obviously, but you know, I mean, they'll be fine. I I think they'll I think they'll steamroll the the Twins. The Twins are a we talked about it before. They're a brilliantly flawed team. The Indians have done so well against them. They've absolutely silenced them time and again, and. Now that what's his name is back too, um, Severino's back too. It's just that's they're they're a very. Yeah, lucky you're right. Team I was absolutely people. disregarding them. I wasn't even thinking about them. Thinking no, about the no, you weren't. That's fine, man. We're, everyone, <laughs> but they're gonna be there clearly. I love this because everyone did that like in the, la- in the end of last decade. Like, oh well, yeah, they're just gonna lose the Yankees, and I was like, don't do that. They're a pretty good team, and then they just and then they it did it. And I just <laughs> listen. I'm sure they're a good. And they are a good team. They're gonna. They might. They have an outside shot at 100. They, they can go four and two the rest of the year, which is doable. They have a hundred wins. The the Yankees are better than that, and yeah, they're a really good team, but they're not going to be the Yankees. That's basically how their season is summed up. That's going to be their twenty nineteen recap. They're really good, but they didn't beat the Yankees. Oh, hey, look, we can just copy paste this article from two thousand nine, and also two thousand eight and two thousand ten, and, and two thousand six. Perfect. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> all right, mate. That's going to do it for this week. Um, next week we'll be back with either. I'd assume we could do a wild card preview or. A sadness episode. We'll see, we'll where see it how is. it goes, baby. You know, we'll just, uh, <laughs> That's baseball. Yeah, just play it, play it by ear. All right. <laughs> Talk to you then. See you.